welcome to our professional perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Larry Stein. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they are doing in their communities. We recently launched our professional perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Larry is an investment advisor with his own firm, Discipline Investment Management in Chicago, Illinois, and the author of two investment books. And he's on his way to write a third book about the topics we will be discussing today. He's also married with two beautiful kids and a grandchild. And he's living the life of his dreams. And today, we are going to figure out what that life looks like. <laughs> this podcast series will be available on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Music under Humanity Rising Voices. Larry, it's great to be able to speak with you today. Are you ready to begin? I am ready, Alicia. It's great to talk with you. Just a pleasure. So that mysterious question of what is your dream life, why don't you tell us about why your story is so unusual? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I stuttered very heavily through my life. And um, uh, it, uh, I would love to tell you that, oh, I handled it. I was just fine. You know, I'm, I, I just worked through it. I did not. I did everything wrong you could possibly do. Um, I, uh, I compromised my career because of it. I always, from the time I was 11 years old, I, I, I wanted to be an investment advisor and have my own firm. Gee, that sounds like I just did that. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't talk. I, I, I just had such a hard time talking and I was talked out of doing that. And instead I became a CPA, a master's in tax. I worked at two of the top CPA firms in the country and I hated every moment. I hated college, I hated work, and frankly, I hated myself. And I went through a lot of very difficult times and, um, you know, but you can go through all those difficult times and you can still come through it. And we're gonna talk about it today. And I'm probably the happiest guy that I know. And so we're gonna talk about that kind of stuff today. That even if you make every mistake in the world, things can work out. You can come off the other side, bright, shiny, and new. <laughs> As a young woman in my career right now, that seemed like an impossible statement. Um, I think a lot of youth and our audience today probably go day by day thinking that every single decision they make will affect them in some way or other for the rest of their lives. And while that may be true, I don't think any day is too late to make that change for yourself or for another. Um, so it's great to have you on the podcast and super intrigued by that story. So why don't we kind of delve into those mistakes that you said you were making and the doubt that you were receiving? How did you overcome that doubt in your career? And what was the biggest mistake that you were able to overcome? Hmm. Well, clearly the biggest mistake was compromising my career and going into something that I frankly had no interest in. Didn't even know what an accountant does. And, um, I went into it and I had really no interest in it. So not that you have to follow every passion, 
but you should really do something that you really want to do. And I mean, I was an unusual kid. I, I was reading Business Week at the age of 12. I mean, that's how into the markets I was. Right. And yet, because I had this challenge, I did a whole you know, flip from that. Um, so, so, so that was my biggest challenge, how I overcame that. Well, it only took about 50 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in between that, there was a lot of suffering uh, and, um, and, you know, there is, there is no easy answer, but basically how I, and I wouldn't say I'm cured from stuttering, but as you can see, I'm pretty comfortable speaking. I give speeches for a living now. Uh, that is part of what I do. And so in my mid fifties, I was, I had finally gone off on my own to create my own firm after working at other firms. Finally at the age of 47, I got you know, out of CPA, out of financial writing into what I really want to do at very low levels, by the way. And at age 54, I went off on my own. I loved it, it was great. I did everything. I had the perfect firm of my dreams, but I didn't have enough clients. And my kids were in private, universities, very expensive ones, Ivy League and all that. And, you know, we had, we had bills to pay. And so I said, well, I really have to improve my speech. So basically what I did, I, um, I realized that I could public speak better than I could talk. And so I began watching Matt Lauer and I know he's been discredited now but I really owe him my life because I began mimicking Matt Lauer. And if you want me to do Matt Lauer, I could just do it all day. One impression. <laughs> <laughs> and so I began mimicking him. And then, I, then through a lot of other things, I began to try and speak like a broadcaster. And um, that's the short end of it, but that, that was the physical side. And then I had to kind of retrain my brain to turn the, turn back 50 years of stuttering, which is hard to do. And so I'm not a perfect speaker, but uh, I couldn't be happier with what I've been able to do. That's, that's simply amazing. And I love how when time came, you really, you said, you know, this is what I need to do for my kids, for my family, for myself. And you put your mind to it and you took the resources around you and you just did it. But if we're going to backtrack a little bit to those days where studying was hard a few days, um, you know, where you didn't feel like you could overcome this obstacle, where you felt like you weren't going to be able to speak the way that you wanted to speak. Um, how did you how did you deal with those days? How did you go around um, talking to people and how was your mental health journey with that? Ooh, you hit a nerve with that one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so. Again, I would love to tell you that I handled it beautifully, but I did not. And uh, fortunately, I was real good in sports when I was was, was in school, and that helped. Uh, I could make small talk, but uh, a conversation like this, I simply couldn't have. And um, it was very difficult on me. I will be honest with you. I, uh, I went through severe depressions. I went through very, very difficult times. And um, 
I don't think that's that unusual for people who stutter that, that many of us have very difficult times. Some people can just handle it, but I did not. But I think we're all faced with challenges in our lives. And mine took me longer than it probably should have. But on the other hand, I'm so grateful that I was able to apply myself. And when I say that I relearned to speak and retrained my brain and did all these things, well, that took about a year and a half after making a lot of improvement over the years. Much of what, much of what was just being in the workforce and people forcing me to talk because I was afraid to talk. I was afraid to stutter. I was afraid what other people would say. And so, so work helped me a lot, just being in the workforce. But, um, but breaking through took a while. It took a long time. But you know, in retrospect, Alicia, my stuttering was really a gift. It was really a gift that I cannot express to you, not only, you know, breaking through and being able to have, enjoy these conversations with you, but also to be able to express myself and, and have more empathy, more understanding of what other people are through. Because I can tell you, whatever you see, and, and I was not like in the King's speech where the guy just had some little momentary pauses, my speech was violent, uh, head shaking, teeth clenched. Um, after I would talk, my my face would be sore. I had I had a dentist who I who who a, a new dentist, and he said, "Oh no, look at your teeth. You must be gnashing your teeth in your sleep." I didn't want to tell him that. No, that's from stuttering all these years. But but what I learned from it. And the empathy for other people, the understanding for other people, and the understanding of how to work through a challenge one small step at a time. And now I apply that to every challenge I have. I certainly have plenty more to work on. And um, so there's never, there, there are no dead ends. I, 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 I have a slide on my website. I say, there may not be a solution, but there's always a way forward. 100%. And I absolutely love that statement. Um, it's going down in my quote book. I keep a quote book <laughs> of the professionals I've talked to who just say such renowned and professional things. And that is one of them. Um, you talked about empathy. And I think that's super important when, when you're listening to these podcasts and when we're going through social justice issues, because no one is going to know a topic fully. No one is going to know anyone else's story fully. And so being able to learn the act of being empathic and being connected to another story is super important to fully understand what they are going through. Unfortunately, when it comes to stuttering, I do think that it is a topic not heavily discussed, especially as a mental health issue or even a social justice issue. And Larry, that's why I wanted to bring you on here today. I wanted to show the world, show our audience that stuttering is a social justice issue. Stuttering is something that we need to have more empathy for the people around us by. Um, I am going to mention Jonathan Bell and shout him out right now. He opened my eyes to stuttering. I had no clue the amount of bullying, the ridicule that people were giving. Um, and I couldn't wrap my head around why. And I think he made me realize that it is something that kids really struggle with. 
And so I wanted to open up the floor to you to maybe share some other stigmas or stereotypes around stuttering. You had mentioned the King's speech and how it was nothing like the movie we saw. So maybe media is portraying it a little bit wrong, but what are some, what are some stereotypes of stuttering that you have faced and how can we break down those preconceived notions? Sure. So what I can just tell you overall is that whatever you see, it's almost like the iceberg analogy. Whatever you see on the surface, however difficult it might seem that the person who's stuttering is having, it's much worse going on inside. What's going on inside our brain is, the best description I can give you is like, you know, those lot lottery boxes with the ping pong balls frenetically moving around? That's, that's my brain on stutter. Okay. Frenetic, constant. So much so that quite often I couldn't even remember what I was talking about. I couldn't even remember what the other person was talking about. That's how uh, it's so consuming, it dominates you. So what were the kind of things I heard? I heard things like, oh, did you forget your name? Because I couldn't say my name. This will sound funny to you, but I could not say my name until the age of 57. Could not say my name. I couldn't use the phone. I couldn't answer the phone and for, for decades. Um, I couldn't have a conversation like this. When, um, what other things people would say, uh, people were always kind of trying to give me tips, you know, slap your, slap your thigh or, or just relax or your mind is, is, is going faster than your mouth. All these kind of things where people, well-intentioned, but it's, it's very difficult to hear these things and, and, and just seeing people's faces, you know, particularly because I was a very kind of violent stutterer. So, um, so what could you do differently is listen, just be patient, let the person talk, let them get out whatever they need to say. Don't give them advice, don't, don't uh, you know, um, and, you know, so, so now, um, now I'm on this life mission to help other people who stutter. And, you know, I, I have my regular business and then late in the afternoons and the evenings, that's what I do. Um, I, I'm in touch with people from all over the world. Uh, this morning I was, at, I'm, uh, I was talking with a guy from India. He's, he's a surgeon, but he, he but, when we began, he could hardly get out a word. He's a surgeon. Um, I, I think I've talked with people from every continent there is except for Antarctica. Uh, Kathmandu was last week, uh, UK yesterday. I mean, it just goes on through the day. It's just all over the world. And, um, but I see the pain people are in and and we as listeners, and, and you know, people don't know that, that I stutter anymore, um, but believe me, little remnants do pop up and I notice them. I am certainly not cured, but, um, but I hear their stories and they're very difficult. They're, they're very difficult and it's wonderful that you're bringing to light that, um, you know, 
that uh, we have to be uh, have empathy and understanding. And it, and everyone has something. I know that because I work with wealthy people who you would think are perfect. You know, CEOs of companies. You know, and people who have their own companies. Oh, they're perfect. They have a perfect life. They do not. They do not. They may not stutter. It may not be so visual, but everybody's got something. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, one None of, of us go unscathed. Yep. Yep. Everyone has imperfections, and if we're able to accept each other's, that's how we bind together as a community. Hundred um, percent. One of the things Jonathan actually told me, and one piece of advice I took took home. Um, I'll preface it by saying I love speaking. I'm a podcaster. I love speaking. And so sometimes, you know, I have a tendency to speak over people or just cut them out because I'm so excited about what they have to say and what I have to say. Um, and I've been working on that because one thing he told me for anybody, but especially for people that are stuttering, when they have a thought, don't finish the sentence for them. It is their mm. thought. Wait for them, give them the space, give them the time, all the time that they need to finish that thought because that's important. It is important for them to be able to see that they were able to get out their thoughts and their words without being cut off every single time. And so that is something right. that I will definitely keep with me um, and the story that hits home for me. Well, I feel so driven to help these people, to help all people who stutter. I do it at no charge whatsoever because it's an honor. I mean, they're thanking me, but I'm really thanking them to give me the opportunity to see if I can possibly help them in their lives. 100%, and it's when you love what you do, you love who you've become, and you love helping others see what they can become. When you know you've reached that happy point that you've mentioned before, Larry, you said you were the happiest guy you knew, and I, being 18 years old, want to be the happiest version of myself. So. As a last ending to this podcast, please let me know and let our audience know, how can we learn from your life? How can we become the happiest versions of ourselves? You know, so like I said, I've made every mistake you can make, but I've made it through the other side. And the happy, the thing that makes me so happy will not only be able to converse with you, and I'm gonna walk away from this conversation even though I've, I've been through with my stuttering for the most part for the last 10 years, but I will walk away from this conversation thankful that I could talk with you. That's how important this is to me. And that's how important just conversing is. But the other thing is that even if you do everything wrong in your life, and then believe me, I did, you can still make it through the other side and you can realize your dreams and in my case, I've even gone beyond my dreams, learning how wonderful it is to help others. And that is, that, that is a happiness that I, that I never thought that I would ever know about. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Larry, today for this honest and true conversation. I will definitely be sure to pick up that book when it's ready. It's <laughs> all about the stuttering on, the, on your blog. So thank you again. Thank you, Alicia. You're terrific. Of course. Be sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook pages to stay updated on all of our scholarship opportunities, future podcasts, and events at humanity.rising and at what cause inspires you. 
and sign up for our weekly email newsletter at www.humanityrising.org. That is all we have for today, but be sure to look out for more episodes on our professional perspectives on what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.